Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father God, we thank you this morning. We worship and magnify your holy name. We do appreciate you because you are such a good and a loving Father. And now we come, God, before you to receive instruction. Reveal yourself to us, God, through your word. And cause our spiritual man to be fully fed. That we may stand strong even in the days of trouble. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. So we continue with, according to your faith, this is going to be part number four. According to your faith. I made it to understand why I chose the word according to your faith. Because Jesus speaking to the two blind men told them, Be to you according to your faith. Amen. And that's because they were shouting and calling on him for healing. Say, so be to you according to your faith. And message translation says, You become what you believe. Hallelujah. So it's important we deal with this. And it's very, very critical. Very, very critical that we deal with this. What I pray for, an open spirit. All right. Give me Hebrews 11 verse 6 again. We just start from there. Bible says, For without faith, Hebrews 6 verse 11 verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a reward of them that will diligently seek him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and it's a reward of them that diligently seek him. It's a reward of them that diligently seek him. It's not just about seeking. It's a diligent seeking. You are not rewarded because you are seeking. You are rewarded because you are diligently doing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> we are talking of being diligent in doing what? In seeking God. And that is where your faith comes in. It's a reward of death that diligently seek the Lord. Not just seeking haphazardly, not just being callous about seeking Him. No, no, no. It's a diligent thing. You got to diligently seek the Lord. And the key and operative word there is the word diligent. Praise God. Are you there with me? All right. So. I told us the word faith actually means persuasion. So you've been persuaded, and essentially also I believe that it is God that persuades us. So you've been persuaded to the point where God will see that you have a persuasive spirit in seeking Him, and then He rewards you. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? All right. So again, Hebrews 11, verse 6, me verse number 1. Go back to verse number 1 now. And what did He say? We said that also last week. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The things you can see but you have the conviction, you have them. And I made you to understand the word hope is the word expectation. You expect what you've been promised. So faith is the substance of what you've been promised. And so realizing that there's a promise for you, then of course you should be able to guarantee, I mean, have the guarantee that I know this thing is going to come because the Lord promised me. Hallelujah. 
But like I used to say, it's not everybody that gives you a promise and then you are satisfied and, and then hope to have it. No, no, no. You can only hope to have something where you know the man that gives you the promise is well able to fulfill his promise. And like I always illustrate to you, if somebody gives you a promise and says, I'm going to give you one million. And you know the man is struggling to get one thousand or let me say even a hundred thousand in his wallet. He's struggling. In the whole of his account is not up to a hundred thousand. And he tells you he wants to give you one million. You say, okay, I hear. And you know what you mean by that. You... You is looking for 100,000. You want to give me 1 million? I hear. You know what you're trying to say is, I'm not convinced about it. But if somebody is worth 10 million and he said, I'm just led by God, I'm going to give you 1 million. You're going to give thanks to God, even though you're not seeing it. Why? Because you know the man is worth much more than that. Is that okay? That's the basis of faith. So if God speaks a word to you, if God leads you by the Spirit, reading the Scriptures and you find and understand it from the Scripture, God is trying to say, what He promised you there is going to bring it to pass. And you should have your conviction. God will say this, will bring it to pass. Praise God somebody. Are you still there with me? So I want you to get that. It's very important. Now I want to read a simple story to illustrate this again. You go with me to Luke chapter 1 verse 28. There's a story about Mary, the mother of Jesus, if you will. Hallelujah. Luke 128. Okay. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hey, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind, Thank you, Lord. What manner of salutation should this be? And they just said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And may you find favor with God. <laughs> uh, I'm going to show you where the favor comes in. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name what? Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know no man. Or I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called what? The Son of God. Now go to verse 38. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me, According to the word. And the angel did what? Departed from her. Praise God. That are highly favored. What was the favor? Guess what? It was Isaiah that prophesied and said, A virgin shall give birth. Did you get that? Long before Mary was born. And Mary was not the only virgin in Israel. Are you still following what I'm saying now? She was not the only virgin in Israel. But the prophecy that Isaiah spoke 
was up in the air locating who she received that prophecy she bring forth that prophecy and what's the next thing that happened the prophecy landed on who? on Mary you find favor now did you get that? when Isaiah said that he didn't say Mary shall bring forth he said a virgin shall give birth long before Mary was born and there were several other virgins in the land are you with me? But the prophecy that was hanging in the air finally located Mary. And that's where the Bible says, you are favored of the Lord. So when the word of God lands upon your life, when the prophecy of God becomes realizable to you, you find favor in the sight of God. Are you still there with me? Like I keep saying, Every one of us is born to fulfill a scripture. You may not believe it, but that's the truth. When John the Baptist was born, and they tried to find out who he was, he said, I'm not a Christ, I'm not one of the prophets, so who are you? I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What was that? Isaiah 40, I think verse number 3 or 6. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Isaiah prophesied that. John the Baptist came and said, I am come to fulfill that prophecy. Every one of you have a scripture to fulfill in your life. This is where diligent seeking is important. So that the things that God has in mind may be made available to you. You fulfill destiny by fulfilling scriptures that God has spoken even before you were born. But God will lead you to the fulfillment of those scriptures in causing you to see them. That's why when you study the Bible, God has a way of revealing certain things to you and you know exactly who you are. Listen, I want us to understand that our worship in terms of what we call Christianity should be beyond what we're doing. We have to understand. That is why you can't compare yourself with anybody when it comes to fulfilling destiny. You can't. You know John the Baptist? The father was Zacharias. The father was a priest. How come he has to go to the wilderness? He ought to be in the house. He ought to be eating good meat. Good garments. You understand that? Walking in the most holy place. Sacrificing the animals and taking the best part of the animals. But there is a scripture upon his head. That will not allow him to do that. And that's the scripture that drove him to the wilderness. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, not the voice of one crying in the temple. You have to know who you are. And that is where faith comes in. Praise God somebody. The voice of one is Isaiah 40. And, and John said, this is who I am. And now he was driven to the wilderness by reason of his calling. Hallelujah. So here Mary said, Be to me what? According to your word. According to that word which you have spoken. Let it happen that way. And that's the way it should be. When prophecy comes upon your life, that is the only prayer you're supposed to pray. Be it unto me according to the word of the Lord. That's all. The pregnancy took place. The manifestation of the word because she accepted and agreed with it. 
Be it unto me according to your word. Let that word you spoken that I will bring forth the child be made. I agree with what you said. That's all. That becomes faith. And she had to bear Jesus Christ because she accepted and agreed with the word the angel said. Be it to me according to your word. That is why you should hear God. That is why you should get a word. Hallelujah. The Lord showed me two things this night. And I was praying and just rejoicing about them. About my life. Praise God. Is that okay? Hallelujah. You, 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 you need to come to that place. Listen folks. It's not... I believe in very large congregation, but I also believe in people who truly know who God is. It's not enough to go to church. It's not enough. You must come to that place where your personal relationship with Him, you hear what He says, you have a revelation about your life, you know your walk because you know who He is. Praise God. Are you following me? Think about that. In the whole of Israel, a virgin was picked out. That was highly favored. You are highly favored. That's what he says. <laughs> Glory to God. She was not the only virgin in Israel. No, no, no. But the word of the Lord spoke a year down the line, landed upon her life. Maybe so with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Amen. So that you begin to bet the prophecies of God. You begin to manifest the prophecies of God. You begin to live out your life as you unveil the prophecies of God. Let it land upon your life. Be it to me according to your word. That is just the agreement. I agree with what you said. I believe what you said. No doubting he that come to the Lord will believe that he is. And he said, reward of them that diligently please him. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? I need you to come to that place. If God said, listen, you're going to be rich, you just know it. Even if you are not seeing anything, you just know because God said it. All you need to say, be to me what? According to your word. Hallelujah. Listen, if you're seeking for a child in this house and you haven't gotten it, don't be discouraged. You're going to have it. I say you are going to have it. <laughs> you see, look at Elizabeth. She was the one that was covering but when the word came to Zacharias said that which of God barren is now the one to produce you understand that not what man says it is what God has in mind for you how old was Elizabeth that which was called barren was the one that produced one that is greater than a prophet Jesus said among those born of women, there is not as great as who are John the Baptist. But the mother was a barren woman. May said she was barren, but for God it was not barren. It was timing. Are you still there with me? Life is flowing in this place. 
This morning I'm going to be dedicating a child. Not a child, but children. And what happened? This family, they had a grown up child, grown and then, as it were, no more pregnancy. They were disturbed. And one day, the wife had a revelation. He saw me praying for her. She woke up and told the husband and said, I saw this man praying for me. And the man said, keep running. Go there. I was in the office on a Tuesday when I got a call and said, so are you in the office? I'm in the office. So please, I'm coming. Wait for me. I said, I'm not going anywhere. Just come. She came. Lay hands on her. She went in. Was there for quite some time. Came up. Went back home. I said, come back again the next son. I mean, next Tuesday. She came in next Tuesday. That more, she come pregnant. Twins. Are you following what I'm talking about? I'm dedicating them on the 27th of this month. In the man's church. The word. The revelation. You can miss it. If you believe it. Life is in this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? I need you to get it. Open your heart. Just be open. You'll get it. Without faith, it is impossible. So when the sister got that revelation, he said, this is it. The husband said, keep running. And that was all. Twins. That same mode, twins. Hallelujah. I needed to get this thing. I needed to come to that place of knowing it. That there is a place where you can please God. And it's called faith. And that faith comes by ignitions. By some ignitions. Ignition which has to do with the world. Just like the world came into Mary. And how is it going to happen? The spirit will overshadow thee. Okay, be it to me according to your word. No doubting. No, no, no. Just like the same sister. I saw this man praying for me. Husband said, go there right quick. I never struggled. We never have to fast three days or four days. We never have to put a fast on her for five days to be able to get it. No, no, no. Just lay hands according to your faith. Two babies came out. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? I need you to understand the power of God's word. And that's why Paul was speaking to Timothy and said, you need to war a good warfare with the prophecies that are come upon you. I'll read that as sun goes on. You need to war. What's a good warfare? Not doubting what God has said. Not doubting what is ministering to you. That's a good warfare. Go a good warfare with the prophecies that have come upon you. That's where faith stands. You don't doubt it once you get it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go with me to Galatians 2 verse 20. I need every one of you to be at peace with your mind and with God. 
Because he has called you to himself to do something great with you. Hallelujah. Are you listening? He called you not to embarrass you. No, no, no. He called you not to disgrace you. He called you to showcase you. In fact, scripture says, would you show for the praises of his glory? Galatians 2.20 I'm crucified with Christ. What Paul is trying to say, hey, listen folks, I was a Judaist, I was a Pharisee, but listen, when Christ died, I died to all of those things. You got to die to some of your attitude, to some of your beliefs, to some of your ways of life, to even the things you, you tend to be belief system by which you are living your life. You need to die to them. Paul said, I'm crucified with him. In other words, I have nothing to do with Judaism anymore. Everything about Pharisees died when Jesus died. I'm crucified with him. Are you sit down with me? Your, your, your lifestyle must change. Which is based on your belief system. So when Paul is speaking here, you have to understand his, his background. I was so religious, but all those thinking, all the religious spirit, I died with them when Christ died. You don't come to God and be figuring things out. There is no faith. You don't come to God and be thinking of, should I leave this or should I not leave this? That is no faith. Dying to God means everything about your mindset, your mentality, your reasoning, all of those things you put there before with which you are living your life, you're dying to them. You're accepting a new season, a new man, a new mindset. Praise God. Hmm. And he said, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. Who did what? Who loved me and gave himself for me. The faith of the Son of God. The life I live now. In other words, I've exchanged my faith for his faith. Hallelujah. Amen. I've, I've accepted the sacrifice. I've accepted that which he did for me. And I'm living by that. I've accepted the fact that through him I can be saved. I've accepted the fact that by his sacrifice my sins are washed away. I believe it. Glory to God. Absolute conviction. I've come to that conclusion that no, no, no. I have eternal life. Because Jesus died for me. I'm living by his faith. Let me show you something. The same Paul speaking. Act 26 verse number 17. Act 26 verse number 17. Some of you don't even, you don't even have assurance of your faith. You don't even know. You have no conviction that you have eternal life. You don't even know it. You, you know it religiously. But there is no conviction within you that you have eternal life. <laughs> that your sins are forgiven. You don't know it. I'm not sure. You don't even believe it. Amen. Praise the living God. Part of what I was saying on Wednesday. You know, a lot of us don't even know. <laughs> that. Like I said, a lot of you have the tape. I'm sure you got the tape or maybe listen online or something like that. But think about it. When you were born, you've done nothing and they say you are a sinner. Huh? And you don't believe it. So what's the next thing you do? You start acting sinful. You start doing all manner of things because that's your belief. That's what you've, you've been convinced of who you are. So you do 
What you do based on who you are. Your conviction about yourself. Now it wasn't God that told you that. Everybody, scripture, in fact religious people. Oh, help me. Religious people come and I'll tell you. You are a sinner. And you say, well, I believe I'm a sinner. And you start acting it out. And so if anybody says, oh, come on, don't judge. We are all sinners. Isn't it? Oh, don't judge. Nobody is righteous. Okay, no problem. What you had before was news. And you accepted it and you start walking in it. And now here is another good news for you. And the person comes in and says, well, by reason of what Jesus did, you are righteous. You say, how can any human being be righteous? See how stupid you are. You are accepted for being a sinner. Okay, all human beings will be sinners. But no human being can be righteous. You forgot that you never committed a sin. It was Adam that committed a sin. You were born how many years back down the line? But then God came to tell you what Adam did is hanging on your head. And he said, I agree. I agree. Now we come again and tell you what Jesus did is hanging on your head. He said, how can that be? That's where you are. And so Paul said, I live by the faith of the sacrifice of this man. I believe I have eternal life. I believe I'm passed from life to death. I believe, no, no, no. I am not a sinner. I'm a righteous man. That's faith. The conviction has come. Are you still there with me? Praise God. I'll keep on saying this thing until it sinks into your head. Because faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. You don't do things have behind the mindset of a sinner. No, no, no. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. Praise God, somebody. Acts 17. Look at what Paul is saying here. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles under whom now I send thee. What's the next thing? Verse 18. To open the eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sin. And what's the next thing? And what? And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. That is what? In me. So by the faith that is in Christ, which you believe you are sanctified. I don't know if you are getting what I'm talking about. You are. <laughs> That's what Paul is saying. I'm crucified with Christ. He's saying the same thing. This is when he met him on the road to Damascus. And when he came out of that experience, the next thing is right in Galatians 2.20. Now I know I live by his faith because he told me you see that with me? What he said in Galatians 2.20 is directly connected to what he heard on the road to Damascus. I live by his faith. Because he said, when your sins are forgiven, what's the next thing that happened? You will have an inheritance. Among those who are sanctified by the faith that is in me. Are you see that with me? Praise the living God. That, like, this is how to walk. This is, you see, I'm saying you need to. Now, if you read in scriptures and, and something jumped at you, that is God communicating to you. You got to take it. What Paul said in Galatians 2 20, that already connected to R26 and verse 18. Praise God. He was trying to say, Now my eyes are open. I was religiously blind. Now my eyes are open. I died with him. I'm crucified with him. My sins are forgiven. What's the next thing? I'm sanctified. I've come to a place of an inheritance in him among those who are sanctified by the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul now said, I live not I but by what? 
by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. By implication, my sins are forgiven. Are you getting that? You, you see, you must connect these scriptures to understand what scriptures are saying. You've got to work it out. That's why you need to study. That's why you need to read. That's why you need to come to that place of absolute conviction of what you are reading. When scripture jumps at you, and you know, God is communicating. Hit it there, stay in there, meditate on it, pray about it. Oh, come on, Lord Mary's confession, be it unto me according to your word. So you can read some passages and say, God, be it unto me according to this passage that you are showing to me. If God gives you a revelation, gives you a passage, you just need to say, God, I take it, be it to me according to your word. Praise God. Now I will show you something about inheritance. <laughs> and it's interesting you understand this. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18 verse 22. I mean, 13 verse 22. Proverbs 13 22. That's an inheritance for everyone. That's an inheritance for everyone. A good man. <laughs> Live at what? An inheritance for his children, children. You can just stop there. A good man. Who is a good man in this passage? Jesus is a good man. Remember they called him a good man and he said, why call them a good? Only God is good. What do you think he was trying to say? If only God is good. You said I'm not God. You said I'm not son of God. And yet you are calling me a good man. Only God is good. By implication, I am God. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting that. You have already, you know it, that only God is good. Now you're calling me a good man. So what's the meaning of that? Why are you doubting me being a son of God? Why are you doubting that I'm God in the flesh? So for you saying that I'm a good man, you're confessing that I'm what? I'm God. And only a good man, only God, live at what? An inheritance for his children's children. Somebody say, live, yes, you live. What's the meaning of that? When he went to the cross, he left something for every one of us. Glory to God. Because he was a good man, he left an inheritance for us. He said, you do this, open your eyes, let her receive that forgiveness of sin. And what? An inheritance. That means I'm living an inheritance for each and every one of them. Those who believe, the community of believers, children of God, God have left for us an inheritance. You must walk into your inheritance. You must discover your inheritance. You must live out your inheritance. Praise God, somebody. And this is very important very very important what I'm saying hallelujah you should know your portion in the household of faith you should know your portion for being a child of God give me Colossians 1 and verse number 12 Colossians 1 verse number 12 glory to God I, I wish somebody can pick what I'm talking about you must know what belongs to you <laughs> in the household of faith as a child of God, you must know what belongs to you. As you walk this earth, you must know what belongs to you. We're talking about inheritance. You see, that's why when people blame the prodigal son, I really don't blame him. Because you know what? In Israel, this is what happened. The father will always divide the inheritance for the children. He gets them. That's why some of them went to Jesus say, can you please come and help uh, share our inheritance to my brother? You remember that? Right. It's a common tradition. 
that the father's property are shared among the children and the family. And so this young man knows that. I love that guy. He knows it. And he went to the father and said, I don't want to wait until you die. Let me have my own now. What's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. The problem he had that he was not mature enough to manage what was given to him. But he knew his rights. And people blame him. <laughs> you don't blame him. It's just I don't understand what happened. Are you getting what I'm saying here? He went to the fire. I don't want to wait. I need mine now. Because I know I have. <laughs> so knowledge prompted him to say, I know I have a part. Let me have it now. I need it now. And the father didn't say no anyway. He gave it to him. Hallelujah. Can you go to God? Because you know what belongs to you. That's what I'm saying. It is that knowledge of what you know belongs to you that gives you faith to go for it and get it. So the prodigal son saw it extremely clear. I have an inheritance for a good man. Leave it an inheritance for his children and children. I have a part in your inheritance. I have a part in your wealth. Can I get mine now? Nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. Are you there? Look at this. Now he's talking about talking to Christians. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be what? Partakers of what? Of the inheritance of the saints in life. Partakers. That go back to Acts 26, verse 17. Praise God. We're partakers of the inheritance that is in Christ. As we do this and receive this by faith. You should be able to know what belongs to you. You should be able to know what is in the house that God has made available. Part of the inheritance of the houses, you got to be healed. You have healing. You must receive what belongs to you. Whatever it is, you need your child. You got to go to your child. For none shall be barren in the land. Are you listening to me? You must know what belongs to you, man. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. And somebody say, Pastor, but I'm, I'm still looking for a job. The Lord will bless the works of your hand. That means you go to God and say, Hey, listen, I got to be able to walk for you to bless what's in my hand. I don't have anything in my hand now. That is to say, I need a job so that I can have something to do that you will bless. If it is not a job, I need a business, God will give you wisdom on what to do. Because God wants to bless the works of your hand. That becomes an inheritance. That is to say, every child of God in the house of God should have something to do. Praise God, somebody. This inheritance of the saints in light, the household of faith, you have to understand this. Praise God. Your business is swabbling. You say, God, no. You've told us what the value we do, we should do it to the glory of God. My business is even going to glorify you. It is part of my inheritance that you have blessed me with. It can't shake. Be to me according to your word. So what do you know about what God has said about your business? About what God has said about your wife, your child? What do you know? Hallelujah. Had a case in Port Aikot as I went. Serious case. 
on a Sunday after service, I had the unction to lay hands. And I was seeing the young boy and I lay hands on him, spoke some words. I left. He had a serious case. Right at the park, I got a text from the mother. This guy have changed from what it was. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? God can do anything for you. And by the way, I'm not supposed to say that, but listen. Fourth of July, we're starting our word and impartation service. Fourth of July. Some of you need upgrading the spirit. I need to lay hands on your head and, and remove some hair so that you can, you can receive impartation. Are you listening to me? So fourth of July, we're coming back with word and impartation service. First Sunday of the month. Do you understand that? You, 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 you need to be upgraded. You need to, you need to walk up yourself in God. I come to that place where you live by absolute faith and conviction of who God is, what God is saying, His intention for you, for your family, for your children. You don't walk guessing, you walk knowing. I remember a few years ago, I was flying for a meeting, flying to a meeting in South Africa. I got to Lagos, waiting to board fly the next day. I had just $10 on me. And I was lying down and I, I was meditating and I said, God, how can I travel out of my country with just $10 in my wallet? What's the meaning of this? And the Lord asked me a question. Does God live by faith or by knowing? Instantly, I said, by knowing. And the voice says. What's that? That means there is even a higher level of faith which is called knowing. What you know, you know. That is as God was saying. If you be my child, it's not a matter of just faith. Know it that you are not going with one dollar. There is much more ahead of you. And I tell you, that year was one of my fantastic years in South Africa. The kind of blessing I got that year had never happened. God was trying to say, know it! That that is not what is in your wallet. It's much more than that. In other words, upgrade by faith. What would I have before I created a wall? If you be my son, you must be able to know it. That without any physical thing, there is yet abundance. Are you still there with me? For God does not live by faith. He knows by knowing. He knows the end from the beginning. Am I correct? We. So now listen. How does your faith translate into knowing? When there is a communication by God. And God said this to you. It's no longer faith. It's a matter of knowing. You're walking because you know. Glory to God. So you must come, you can come to that place and say, I know this business is going to prosper. I know this business is going to upgrade. I know this business is going to grow. You just get to know it. How? Because there's a communication. You see, Mary will not doubt. She got to know. Why? Because the Lord spoke to her. Even if anybody comes and says, Mary, how do you think that is possible? You are just a virgin. And, you know, Mary's not going to debate anything with anybody. 
He already said, Be to me according to what? Hallelujah. Praise God. Giving thanks, giving thanks. Colossians 1 12. Giving thanks. That is that we thank God because we know that we have an inheritance. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me just show you this and then we're going we're to pray a little bit. Listen, this inheritance belongs to those in the family of God. Just like we're talking about the kingdom of God. So everyone in the kingdom has a portion, has a place, has an inheritance. Oh, come on. You must know that when he talks about inheritance, it means because you are born again or you are born into the kingdom. Because inheritance are for heirs. Right? Good. In the Bible says we are joint heirs with who? With Christ. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Therefore, we are qualified for what? Inheritance. And inheritance is not what you struggle for. Inheritance is a right because you are born into an extended or into a family that have all that it takes for you to be blessed. When you start living with the mindset of an heir, of an heir, you are no longer a slave. Slave will beg, but an inheritance does not beg. Nobody will inherit doesn't beg. It's a right. It's a privilege. And the only thing that qualifies you for that is that you are born into the family of God. So even as you are sitting down looking at me, you have a portion. You only need to discover it. Praise God, somebody. Are you there with me? Go with me now to Psalm 16, verse number 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the same thing we just read in Colossians 1, 12. Psalm 16, 5. The Lord is a portion of what? My inheritance. And on my cup, thou maintainest my Lord. My Lord. What is the Lord? The Lord is, remember, when Judas Iscariot died, they casted lots. And then the Lord fell on Matthias. Remember that? Matthias replaced Judas through Lord. So it was Lord that was here to determine the portion of people or what belongs to you. And David is saying, You maintain my Lord. And what's the next thing I talk about? Look at the next verse. What is he saying there? Praise the Lord. The lines from that Lord, hallelujah, are falling unto me where? In pleasant places. Yea, I have what? A goodly heritage. Praise God. This is a man that knows his right in the Father's house. The lines are falling. The Lord. The Lord was cast. And the Lord fell on the godly heritage that belongs now belongs to me. Are you there with me? Praise the living God. Come on, is anybody following what I'm doing here? So you see that the Lord is the portion of what? My inheritance. Now you know what he was trying to say here? This is like when he got to Canaan. And now. For each of the tribe, they have a portion for each of the tribe. Joshua have to share the portions for them. Is that okay? Right. But if something happened, help me now. The Levites were not given a portion in Canaan. Why? Because the Lord was a portion of the Levites. Glory to God. The other people have land, property, have everything, whatever it is, that they can farm and cultivate and be whatever. But for the Levite, nothing was given to them. Why? Every portion that you give to the Lord belongs to who? 
to the Levite. And David said, No, I've seen my life, I'm a Levite. <laughs> Praise the living God. I don't want to struggle with people. Whatever belongs to God belongs to me. How come I? The Lord, what is what? My portion, my portion, my portion of what? Of my inheritance. God Himself is a portion of my inheritance. Take the lion, I'm getting God. Some of you need to come to that level. That the Lord becomes your inheritance. And what the Lord becomes your inheritance, everything that God has belongs to you. Praise God, somebody. That's what David is saying here. I'm not going to struggle with people. Oh, glory to God. That is why you need to commit your business to the hand of God. Let God own it. Yes. Let God own your business. Let God be the master of your business. Commit it to God. If God owns it, then you have it. Then your inheritance begins to spread. Why? Because everything that is of God must prosper. I showed you that the last time we prayed for business people. Remember that? Ordinary rod that Moses was using in taking care of sheep become the rod of God. Because he gave it up to God. Is that not true? The rod of Moses became the rod of God. And that's why he used to do science, wonders, and miracles, delivering the people, crossing the Red Sea. His business became a magical power, if I may use the word, in the hands of God. Why? Because God took it from him. Commit your business to God. Commit your life to God. Let it become your portion. Let God become your portion. And everything you give to him belongs to him. Then it finally belongs to you. And there's going to be an expression and expansion of that. It belongs to him. Because right now, it's in your hand. Praise God. Are you still there? Lies are falling unto me in places and places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. No, no, no. Not like any other thing. Not like any other person. No, no, no. no I have the one that is of God and is good. Because the Lord himself is what? My portion. I'm talking about you walking by faith to come to realizing and receiving that which belongs to you in the household of faith. And just like Mary will speak it, let it be your confession. Be it unto me according to your word. Even as you have said it, I will receive it. The circumstances notwithstanding, I will have it. What I'm saying does not speak for it. I will hope for it. For Abraham hoped against hope. Hallelujah. His circumstance was hopeless. But he had hope in God. That God who made a promise of Isaac, he will bring it to pass. And what happened? Isaac came when he was a hundred years old. That was some 25 years along the line. He waited. He hoped against hope that his body can no longer function. And some of you may be thinking the same way. Now I'm very old. Now I'm shrinking. Now things are showing. Now I'm passing menopause. But I want to declare to you you got to have what God has for you. Hallelujah. See, before I enter into ministry somebody called me one night and he said, man, come here. We're in a meeting at Akiwe. And he said, you are a man of God. You are going to preach for all this night. I went for another night. I don't know anything. I was, in fact, I just had a Bible. I don't know anything. He said, you're going to preach for all this night. I don't know what to preach. So I carried the Bible and I went to where Paul like, said, greetings to Cappadocia to mess. <laughs> And I was just reading. 
I was just reading that passage. I just read that from the book of Peter. And that was all. Look at the hall. The place was charged. Everybody. I was teaching nothing. But the man said, your man will go come and preach. And I started preaching. And after the meeting, one woman came to the pastor and he said, when this man was preaching, I saw him up on a very high mountain with a loud speaking microphone and the cord was coming down from the high mountain. And then one woman came and caught the cord so that they don't hear his voice. But in the midst of that, his voice was going farther and farther from the congregation. And then the pastor came to me and said, this was somebody saw while you were preaching. And I knew that I'm going to go far with the word of God. Praise the living God. I received that as a prophecy. And all of the cutting of the cables, I know what that stands for at the end of the day. Praise the living God. That is why it is not going to be possible. I don't believe anybody can shut my voice in this world. No, it's not possible. It's not possible. Because it happened right from when I knew nothing about the Lord. God said, this is where I'm taking you to. Be it to me according to your word. Is anybody listening to me? You can't live your life guessing. You should live your life knowing. Take that down. Hallelujah. That is faith. If you want to call it strong faith, fine. I, I, I want this house to be a dangerous house. What I mean by that is when you walk into certain places and people are confused, you stand strong because you know. There's a big difference between knowing and guessing. You can't live your life guessing. You can't live your life thinking. You live your life knowing. Like God asks me, does God live by faith or live by knowing? I say, live by knowing. So start knowing it that I'm going to prosper you. Start knowing it, I'm going to bless you. Praise God somebody. Are you listening to me? Even that trip, like I said, when we were leaving, I gave the one dollar. I was a flight to Durban from Johannesburg. So I gave the one dollar to my host to change for me into rent. So that I can have something for offering when I go to the meeting, the Munich conference. And we left in the morning at about 5 a.m. Come on, flight at about 7. Going to the airport. Guess what? This guy forgot my warming, the only money I have in his Bible. He forgot it inside his Bible. And when we got to a place, now, how did he get to know he forgot the money? We got to a place, policemen stopped us on the way to search us. And he said, Ah, Pastor. We are in trouble. I said, what is that? He said, I don't have my driver's license with me. And oh, I remember, even the $10 is in my Bible. I said, oh boy, what have you done? <laughs> Praise the living God. And the policeman just came and the pastors came out. I asked the guy, where are your documents? And the guy was, I just came out and said, excuse me, uh, it's me he's trying to drop out the airport and he was in a hurry, so he forgot the the document and he said um, who are you so they opened the back the boot search our luggage I said well, yes, I'm a pastor I'm going to preach in Durban he said are you sure you're a pastor I said yes but this man has just you know committed a crime now he doesn't have his driver's license how do we know he said, I said but you've got to believe me he said okay can you pray for us so that you can go I said what prayer do you want say pray that I can cash more thieves because the more tips they catch, the more promotion they get. <laughs> you understand that? And that was all. We were let go. 
the guy paid nothing, no dime. You understand what I'm trying to say? God keep on telling me, using seconds to say, you got to know I'm going to prosper you. You don't have to depend on that $10. You don't have to cry because you have only $10. You have more than $10. You got to know it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Listen, you're going to get to where you are supposed to be. And God is taking you to where you are supposed to be. You just need to know that I'm not ending this way. I got a future. I got a glory. I got a place that I'm going to anchor in. My end is better than my beginning. You got to know it. Praise the Lord, somebody. I just want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. I need to, listen, I'm still talking about faith. I know my kind of faith preaching is different from the kind of faith that you know before. But sorry, this is who I am. I got to make you see what I see from scriptures. And I got to let you see how I've come to where I am by what God do, I mean have been doing and the relationship I have with God. And I need you to come to have that kind of relationship with the Father. That's my concern. You must come to that place in your life where you have the personal relationship with God. So I need you to begin to pray at this moment of time. I need you to ask God to help you to open your eyes. I need you to ask God to make you see just like David Rocher, I know I have a godly heritage. Why? Because the law is my portion. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.